All right, good morning, good morning, River City family. Good morning as you begin to make your way to your seats. Good morning, we're about to get ready for church. And good morning to everyone who's watching on live stream. We are so happy that you're joining us this morning. If it's your very first time, we would love to welcome you properly. So if you want to drop your name in the comments section below, we'll welcome you there. All right, so you know every morning, or every Sunday morning, we read from the lectionary. It keeps us connected with the universal church and it works through the Bible in three years. This morning we're reading from Psalm 78. And Psalm 78 is actually one of the longest historical psalms and what it tells the story of is the importance of not forgetting who God is it is an invitation to remember to keep believing and keep having faith and so this morning we're reading verse 23 to 28 and it says God gave orders to the skies above opened heaven's doors and rained manna on them so they could eat he gave them the very grain of heaven and each person ate the bread of the powerful ones God sent provision to satisfy them. God set the east wind moving across the skies and drove the south wind by his strength. He rained meat on them as if it was dust in the air, and he rained many more birds as the sand on the seashore. God brought the birds down in the center of their camp all around their dwelling. So they ate and were completely satisfied. And God gave them exactly what they craved. So Father God, we just thank you that you are God that lavishes us. We thank you that you bring us not only what we need, but what we crave and what our heart desires. Thank you God for your generosity. Thank you for your love and your attentiveness to us. God, as we just sit under the words of the psalmist David, may we begin to see ourselves in the story. May we begin to know that you are a God that sees us and will meet us. May we take encouragement from the words that you are not a God that just watches us and lets us figure it out, but that you are deeply invested in our joy and our sanctity. So God, we give you glory for the good God that you are. We thank you for loving us and seeing us. And this morning, God, we just bring to you our undivided attention, the fullness of our heart. God, we bring to you our hopes and our desires, and we cry out for more faith to believe that you are moving in being with us this morning. Thank you for the gift of the word that we'll hear today. And I just pray a special blessing over everyone under the sound of my voice. May they see you in new ways today, God. May they see you as the giver of good gifts and as their father and as their friend. So we love you, God. We exalt you. We worship you. transition to prayers of the people and I'm just so thankful to be here this morning I'm so thankful to be with y'all this morning 
what we're going to do um, this morning is go before God on behalf of our brothers and sisters close by us and far away from us. And I just want to confess this morning that I'm pretty heavy. Um, I'm pretty weary, so I need your help. We all have to pray together. We're all, this is not just me talking and you listening. This is all of our body interceding together to lift people before the throne of Jesus because we believe that his best idea is that we are his partners. We are his sons and daughters seated in heavenly places with a full inheritance that he died for us to have. So we get to ask him for things that we need and we expect him to be good to us as he responds to those needs. And I'm going to read a little bit from Hebrews 10 really quick. It says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his own flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled and clean from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how to stir one another up towards love and good works, not neglecting meeting together, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So let's just take a moment of silence real quick, and I wanna just invite the Lord right now to just search our hearts and minds, empty us of anything we walked in here with, that we would just begin with silence before him, confess, repent, anything that you need, get it out of the way, any just worries and heaviness, let's just sit it down and give it to Jesus before we intercede for his people. mercies are new this morning as we come in this moment. So we're going to pray for the Universal Church, its members, and its mission. And first we're going to pray for Japan. Um, Japan has one of the highest suicide rates in the whole world. There's less than 1% Christian. It's primarily a Buddhist nation. And right now they're being highlighted. Um, so we just want right now just wherever you're seated, whatever's on your heart, for their social needs, for their spiritual needs, for their physical needs, um, for all the people that have gathered from around the world to be protected from the virus, um, whatever's on your heart this morning, let's just take a moment and cover Japan and lift Japan up to the Lord. country is overpopulated and it's in so many different types of crises right now 
the church is persecuted there. I know personally several people who have been um, sent out of India and cannot get back in. Even within our network, Tammy Hutchins, you can pray for her and her children right now. You can pray for anything that's on your heart, but India is in a crisis and um, there are many believers there that are fighting. Um, so we just wanna lift them up and support them right now. Um, God, and we just wanna ask for a breakthrough of healing and protection for help and resources and wisdom from around the world to reach out and be your hands and feet in that nation. So let's just pray for India real quick all across the room. to conserve um, the earth that our divine creator God gave us um, for abundance, from the fruit of the earth, for an end to natural disasters and war, for unity between God's people and God's creation. justice and peace for all our peoples in our nation, racial reconciliation, wrongfully sentenced, oppressed, manipulated, human trafficking, slave labor, anything that you want to pray for, we're going to pray for our nation right now for unity, for peace and justice. So go ahead and just lift up what's on your heart. Let the Lord speak to you as you pray. Also for our nation, for our leaders to have wisdom and discernment from heaven, from the highest leader to the lowest leader, Jesus, would you invade with wisdom? God, would you just lift up our marginalized people groups? So all across the room, just, just pick one. Homeless, poverty, mental illness, handicap, those in addiction, refugees, widows, LGBT community, anybody that's oppressed, anybody that is marginalized, just lift one up. Just ask the Lord for one right now to lift up to him. And we're going to pray together out loud. City Church in our local community. 
I want to lift up um, two people for healing right now, and we'll pray all together. I want to pray for Alex Rodriguez, and I want to pray for Josh Turner and his whole family for healing and recovery. And, and Lord, we just ask for miracles, um, unanswered scans and unanswered things, and vaccinated people getting <laughs> pandemic. Lord, we just ask Jesus, would you cover the Turner family and the Rodriguez family right now with your healing, with your help? Would you draw near to them? Turn your attention towards them. Lift them up and provide solutions from heaven that we need desperately on earth. God, would you bring a covering, a protection around both of them? Would you deliver them? Would you release them into perfect peace, body, soul, and spirit this morning? And we're going to pray next for our students. Um, not just for our student ministry, but we're going to pray for our students and our parents and our families because they're about to go back to school. And we don't we don't know what that means. Um, they've had a chaotic past year and a half. Um, and I have, a, I have a feeling they're dying and desperate to get back to school. Um, but it's going to be a it's going to be a hard time for families and parents and schedules and students alike. Um, so we're going to just support and lift up our students that they would be able um, to have peace and that they would thrive as they go back into school, that they'd be protected in every way and that they would find safe people to be in community with and that they um, would find purpose and divine identity from you, Jesus. So let's just lift up our students and just keep in mind our student ministry that we still have so much need for um, as we pray for them. the rest because I might be going long. I can't really tell. Um, but Jesus, together, we just pray for our building, those who are working together with Elise, especially Leslie, Lord, that we would continue to have favor, that we continue to know your thoughts and your plans and your will for us. And, and God, what's your best for our future uh, be so in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray for our sound system. Lord, that you would fix it, lay your hands on it, give us wisdom and help and favor and the right people to connect with Jesus, but please fix our sound system. Thank you for Becca giving us hers to borrow this morning that we can worship you with sound. Thank you for Bill and Jordan and so much work that they do behind the scenes. Um, God, for those in our body that need jobs and direction and guidance for the future, Lord, have mercy for breakthrough and divine healing for those suffering um, body, soul, spirit in our in our body. Lord, have mercy on anxiety, depression, and any form of mental illness. For those in our body who are crushed in spirit or brokenhearted this morning, Lord, have mercy. For those in our body that need spiritual, emotional healing and those that need family, community, support in any physical way, um, Jesus, we just say, Lord, have mercy this morning. God, we pray for Sarah Bennett as she travels. Keep her safe, Lord. Give her a new home as she um, follows your guidance this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. We're happy that you are here with us this morning. Um, this is an all-girl team today, I realized, as Mariah was talking. Um, the Turners are making their way back. Oh, I'm sorry. Also, Andrew. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. 
take it personal. <laughs> um, the Turners are making their way back um, to wrap up their month of sabbatical. Um, it's being done in a more adventurous way than they would probably have liked, um, as unfortunately the virus has impacted some members in their family. So be praying for them. Um, be on the lookout of ways that we might be able to walk with them and support them over the next week or two. Um, we will certainly want to love them well and, of course, be praying for just health for um, them to recover quickly. That would be greatly appreciated. Um, before we get started, I wanted to put up a picture proudly of... This is from RCC Olympics. Um, so if you missed it, yesterday was our RCC Olympics. This was um, almost everybody that was present. Um, we only had one injury, which happened to be my father. So <laughs> I guess we count that as a win. I told my parents I certainly would never forget the first RCC Olympics for multiple reasons. But it was awesome. I had a bunch of fun. For those who came out and participated, thank you. Um, Hopefully we will get to do more of those in the coming years. That is the goal. So I'm going to pray for us before um, I get started. I don't normally hold a mic with a string attached to it, and I normally don't have, what is this called, a wire? Sorry, I don't do music. <laughs> um, nor is there usually this tape, and I pace. Talk with my hands, and I pace. So both of these things should make for a very interesting morning. Thanks. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dive in. God, I thank you um, that you, when we proclaim that you reign above it all, you reign in the darkest spaces, but you also reign over chaos, and you reign over timing, and you reign over and see all the details and all the things that have led us to this moment within our week. And I thank you that we can know and trust that you went before us and prepared a space for us this morning in this room. And so us showing up and being present in this space is walking into what you have already set up. It is walking into your presence and you always are faithful and good to welcome us with open arms. Every time we show up and we say yes, you respond with open arms. And so I just pray this morning that your presence would be more abundant and more obvious, that we would quiet the thoughts, that you would quiet the thoughts in our heart and in our mind. Would you tune our ears and our eyes to see you and to hear you? We thank you that you never leave us and you never forsake us. I pray that you would make much of my little this morning and that any of my words that are coming from me would fall upon deaf ears and that the only thing that sticks and lands and is heard by the community of River City and those listening and watching would be your truth and your word. Thank you for what you have done and what you're going to do. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to be talking, um, it's like sort of group Sunday, and it's a little, I say sort of, because typically we have seasons to our groups, 
and there's a spring and a fall group season, and they run for four-ish months in each season, and then we have rest season. So this is typically our group Sunday, and it looks a little bit different today for a couple reasons, one of them being is that we have started something called ETS this season. Um, and so groups are looking a little bit different this season, and we are going to talk about groups uh, at the end of this morning and have people come up and kind of share their hearts and share what we have um, set up for you guys of other ways to connect outside of ETS. But before we get there, we're going to talk out of John 6 this morning, and we're going to be talking about Jesus being the bread of life, and we're going to be talking about hunger. And so before we even read that, I want to ask a couple of questions because in this story, there's this group of people that Jesus had just fed, the 5,000, the crowd. He's just fed them and done miraculous things. And we pick up after them with them kind of chasing Jesus down. And so on the lines of hunger and seeking after Jesus for a thing, I would just ask you to ask yourself, what would you say you're hungry for this morning? That probably is different for all of us. But if we're honest, I would imagine that there are things that we are hungering for that are spiritual and for Jesus, and then there are things that we are seeking or hungering for that maybe are not defined and fulfilled by the kingdom of God. And that's because we're human. Doesn't make us bad. We're, that's just part of being human. And so we're going to read this morning and find out ways that we might be a little bit like the crowd and how G, might, what might Jesus might want to say to us this morning about our hunger and how community plays into that. So if you will read with me, read along as I read. I'm going to start in verse 22. That picks up at 24, but... On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went into Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal." Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What works do you perform? They literally just got fed out of like very little food, like two days prior. And they had the courage or the audacity to ask him to do another sign. Boggles my mind. 
Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. So, there's this crowd that happens previously in the chapter. They get fed. It's one of the most famous stories in Scripture, right? Jesus, with his disciples, give him these mere, essentially, crumbles of food. And he feeds the 5,000. And this crowd realizes, where did Jesus go? And where are his disciples? And so they hop on their boat, and they go. And I tried looking it up on a map. I didn't get it to Bill, but... I was looking up on the map kind of where they were hanging out. And so best I can understand is roughly six-ish miles is what we're talking about in distance. Um, which, if you're walking, is one thing. If you go by boat, which they did, um, is another. And so it was about, it's like six to ten miles, roughly six hours of their time that they spent then getting in a boat to go find Jesus because he had left them. And the first thing that I notice in their interaction with Jesus is Jesus doesn't say that there's a problem with the fact that they're hungry. He is questioning what are you hungering for or what are you hungering after. They were hungering after the wrong thing. They were hungering not for Jesus who was the Son of God, the one that they were going to put all of their hope in, the one who had done the miraculous thing, they were hoping that they would give them more food because he had just satisfied the hunger of a meal and given them an abundance, really. So he hadn't just satisfied the food of that day, but there was more, there were leftovers. And so they were seeking him with a hunger, and his response back to them is, you're hungering and working for the wrong thing. You just spent six hours chasing me down for the wrong reason. And I find it interesting and a check for me as I was reading is, it is not wrong or bad that I'm hungry, but what am I hungering and craving after? When they continue to interact with Jesus, there seems to clearly be this gap of them not fully understanding or knowing who Jesus is which means they can't trust him, which means they don't necessarily trust that what Jesus is offering will actually satisfy the things that they are hungering after. How often do I do that? Do I choose to hunger control or being right or looking good or safety? How many times is that the thing that is driving my hunger as opposed to taking my hunger and trusting the Lord to satisfy and to satiate the things that I'm craving and hungering after? It was not bad that they wanted food, but it was misplaced. It was the wrong source. Jesus is saying, I want to be all that you are hungering after. I want to be the source of all of your hunger and I will satisfy you. 
Will you pull up the message version? Um, go to the next slide. Sorry, there's only one part. That was my fault. So they're interacting with Jesus, and this is how the message version, this is picking up mid section. It says, don't waste, this is Jesus' response, don't waste your energy striving for perishable food like that. Work for the food that sticks with you, food that nourishes your lasting life, food the Son of Man provides. He and what he does are guaranteed by God the Father to last. To that they said, well, what do we do then to get on God's works? And on God's works, Jesus said, throw your lot in with the one that God has sent that kind of commitment gets you in on God's works. They waffled. This is, I don't know if this is actually how they talk to Jesus, but this I actually do think, I read myself in what I'm about to read. I have done this and said this to Jesus. They waffled. Why don't you give us a clue about who you are, just a hint of what's going on. When we see what's up, we'll commit ourselves. Show us what you can do. I think a lot of times when we're going to God with things, that is our posture. Prove yourself first. Prove yourself that you are worthy of my trust. Prove yourself that you are worthy and capable and able. And then we can like talk about if I'm all in or not. But because we're there, we're like missing this proximity and understanding who Jesus is. Jesus says that he is the bread of life, and the only thing that we have to do is believe him. That is the thing that precedes understanding him as the bread of life, is us believing him. It's believing who he is and his character, even when we don't understand it. Even when we go to him saying, I really need my basic needs met, and he responds with something else. If we've already decided we believe him, we can trust that when he gives us something we need and not what we want, that his intentions are good for us. But if our belief in God being who he says he is has not already been established, then we will look at him and say, that's not what I asked for. I need you to prove it. Or I, I want a clue. But that's not what he says. It says that the thing that we have to do is simply believe that he is who God sent to this earth to die for our sins, to save us. We just have to believe, and that is hard. It is hard not to look at him and say, I'm going to need you to give me a clue first. Now, God can handle our questions. This is my adjacent. God can handle our questions. There is full permission in space with God to ask questions. I don't believe that God is, is saying that there isn't space, that Jesus isn't saying there isn't space for that. But for us to fully rest and sit in and know Jesus to be the bread of life where you do not hunger nor thirst, at some point there is a step of just saying, I just have to believe who he says he is even if I don't understand it. And even when he responds with what I need and not what I want, I just have to sit and trust that his character is still good. 
and in the timing of when he gives us what we need and what, not what we want. And in the timing of when he actually gives us what we want. There are things, I'm in a very precarious season at the moment, where there are things that I have prayed for and longed for for years are all coming together at one moment. And so I went years of longing where Jesus kept responding with what I needed and not what I wanted. And those wants were not bad, but that is not what I needed. And so he was lovingly giving me what I needed for years. And in this moment, in this whirlwind of a life moment, he's now all of a sudden giving me what I want at one time. And I have said multiple times in the last month, I don't think I actually can handle this. I'm not even sure I want this anymore. I have to trust his timing. It would make more sense to me. I think I'm really good at like spacing out my life. Like, I feel like I, I'm like, God, I feel like I'm like wise and intentional and like I'm not trying to be dangerous. Like, I got a good thing, like timeline in my head for things. Very rarely does that happen. And so instead, I have found over the past several years, I was hungering after control. And so time and time and time and time again, my timeline did not pan out. Because I was hungering after control instead of hungering after Jesus sustaining the timeline. And being good and faithful in the lack and in the miss and in the, in the, in the want. And so time and time again, I was having to confess, God, I repent for trying to, to, to control. But that's what I was hungering after. But the reality is, is that Jesus is so much better than that. So much better than that. His withholding is love and tender. It is still good. But in my wrestling, my prayers had to sound something like, I believe this is who you are. It doesn't feel true to me. Can you show me how this is true? Because I am still human. And so I can acknowledge before God because I've trusted him and I've decided and believed in him and in his character that I can say both of those things at the same time and he holds space for both of them. I believe who you are. Also, this doesn't feel true. Can you help me reconcile those things? There are times where we can crave being right where we can crave an image being withheld, upheld in a community of people, where we crave success. And Jesus' response to them is, those things are essentially wasted when death comes. None of that goes with you. None of it. The only thing that sustains through life and death and into eternity is Jesus. And he promises to satiate and to, and to um, respond to our hunger and to satisfy it. We just have to believe him and we have to allow him. There are lots of 
Things that I like wrote down of breads that we try to eat. Control, being right, politics. Sometimes we even try and sit in a place of loneliness or fear or isolation or guilt or shame. These types of things can feed our appetites. And yet, the thing with something like control or being right or an image is that even when you get it a little bit, it's just enough to go, yeah, yeah, that like hit the spot. Let's do that more. It's not actually satisfying. It's giving you just an ounce, just enough to make you think that this is working, to keep craving that thing. It's like a drug. It's not actually satisfying you, which is the difference between the world and Jesus, is the promise of Jesus is that he will fully satisfy you over and over and over again when we give him space, when we choose to posture ourselves with Jesus and his word and his voice and his community. So how does hunger, our individual hunger, translate to community? If you'll pull up, second, um, if you'll pull up Exodus. So this is the, what was referenced in the John 6 passage when they said, talking about getting manna in the desert with Moses. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat meat in the morning. You shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning, dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the, of the wilderness a fine, flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. So the Israelites are wandering in the desert, and They apparently very quickly forgot that they didn't love slavery and were already complaining, which they became known for. Um, And they were hungry. Valid, right? I get it. Like, being hungry and wanting lunch, not a bad thing. I've started to also wonder what I was going to eat for lunch as I'm talking. So I get it. Not a bad thing. But they're So they're grumbling, complaining about food and all of that. But in the John 6 passage, the group of people that were talking to Jesus, were crediting Moses for the deliverance, sorry, bad word, for the um, providing the manna. And Jesus is like, hold up, that was, that was me and God, that was not Moses. 
And Moses and Aaron knew that. They knew that it was not about them or from them. So what I find interesting is Jesus did meet their needs, or God met their needs in the wilderness. Their hunger was valid. He responded to them and gave them food, even though they were complaining, which is fine. Because sometimes when we are in a new territory, when we're in a new wilderness, whenever we're anxious, it's really easy and even understandable for us to feel like we're like losing our way. To maybe look, be looking at God and going, you going to do something about this? <laughs> or where are you? Do you see me hungry? And so he places people like Moses and Aaron in our lives to be able to sometimes hear and be used by God for the benefit of our hunger. And that's the role of community. Is that when we're willing to be vulnerable with the people around us, we might be surprised how often God chooses other people in our community to hear him and to encourage and to affirm this is actually the nature and character of God. Let me walk through this with you. So a community of people can't decide for you that Jesus is worth trusting. A community of people can't decide for you that he's worth the risk of believing he is who he says he is. But a community of people can, when you're in a wilderness, or when you're in new territory, or when you're feeling anxious, or when you're in a foreign land, the community of people can point you back to God's character and nature and show you all the ways that he is showing up and dropping manna for you to pick up. The people, the Israelites needed that. And they needed the reminder from Moses and Aaron. And the disciples, excuse me, the crowd of people who were talking to Jesus and the disciples, they too needed the reminder of where that manna came from and who the provider provider was and who the sustainer was. And so again and again and again, we see this relationship between us choosing to believe one-on-one who Jesus is and what he says about us and then how the community around us are meant to enhance and to help support and encourage the call of Jesus for his believers on earth. It is a both and. Choosing community is choosing It's choosing the right ingredients for your hunger to be eternally satisfied. Choosing community, rearranging schedules, risking vulnerability, being brave, stepping into a new land or a new territory. What comes with community is an invitation and a step towards the hunger is being redirected from the things that the world pulls at us to say, if you'll just come taste and see this, much like, I don't know, a serpent with Adam and Eve, if you'll just come and taste this, this will satisfy you. 
And when you're open and available and willing to be in a people of God that surround you, they can be on the other side of that going, it's not probably going to be what you think it is. That's actually not going to satisfy you. But let me tell you how good God is and where he is showing up in your life right now in maybe ways you can't see. I can't think of a season in my life where when I have chosen to be vulnerable about not being able to see God, that all, we'll just say 20 people of various degrees of vulnerability that I opened up to about it, that none of them were able to see God either. That's just how, that's just how God works in his people. He's always at work doing something, and so when I was able to say, I am, I am seeking or hungering after this thing, whether it was a new relationship for Jonathan, thinking that that would satisfy me, or a job that would satisfy me, or even as silly as when I was playing soccer, and I had what I was hungering for more than Jesus and what I was trusting that I thought was going to be better than what Jesus said about me is that if I could, the earlier I could be captain, the better. So that, and that did not work out for me, even when I became captain. <laughs> because I then all of a sudden had to work for it. It was a never-ending game. It was never enough. And so the, I can look back on the markers, and that was obviously true of younger me, which has less significance to me now. But that doesn't actually go away. It just grows with me. There are just things that I decide if I just have that thing or look that way or those are the things that I'm craving. If those things are just satisfied, I get this like if then. Then I can trust God. Then I can know his goodness. Then I can see that he's faithful. And God, Jesus flips that on its head with these people and he says, no, you believe first and then you will see that I am the bread of life that sustains and endures for all of eternity. I am worth pursuing. I'm worth pressing into more than what the world says is going to give you a delicious meal. It won't be more than that. And it may be a delicious meal at lunch, but a couple hours later, you're going to get sick. Your body's going to reject it because I've made you for more than that. It's not going to last. And so in this group's season, and whether it's ETS or one of the other groups, they're going to get brought up. My, my heart for you guys is that you would choose to trust that God and community can satisfy every desire and hunger that you have. Every single one. It is not pretty, it's not messy, it's not easy. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden you don't just stop longing for the child you don't have or stop longing for the partner that you don't have yet. 
or the job you don't have or the money that you don't have. It doesn't mean that those things miraculously just go away, but what it does mean is it gives you this anchor to fall back on that says, but I know that God is so good that his withholding is in love, that his withholding doesn't mean that I don't wrestle, but his withholding just means that there is still a place that I settle into and wrestle with in my want and in my lack. And there have been seasons where if I heard that, that would sound too good to be true and probably almost insensitive. And I don't mean for it to come across that way. But there is a moment where we just get to decide where our head has to, the transformation, the renewing of our thoughts, where we just have to start choosing to say, he is who he says he is. I don't have my spouse yet. I still want my spouse. It is okay that you still want a spouse, but God is still who he says he is. I don't have that job yet that I really want, that I believe I deserve. I want to keep striving for that thing. I don't want to have to pinch pennies for every meal and pay attention to every single bill. That's not a bad thing. But in the waiting of getting out of that season, a feeling of lack, God is who he still says he is. And if you start to look for the ways that God actually is who he says he is instead of the ways in which you think he's not, you'll be amazed at how often and how much more you see God showing up in your life the way that he says he is. There is a choice. There is an empowerment there. When you start being honest with God about the things that you're actually hungering, and when you start being honest with the people around you of the things that you're actually craving, you'll be amazed how much more you might see God show up if you start looking to see the ways that he is showing up and satisfying your hunger. But it is a choice. And so I empower all of you with every single want and longing and hungering of things that might be good, that you might be looking towards to say, if then, that statement, if blink, I have this thing, then blank. I encourage you to take that if then hungering, that if then craving, and I encourage you to take it before the Lord and to let your people around you know who love Jesus so that they can start to begin to point out with you in the wrestling and in the hurting and in the brokenness, this is where God is responding. I am so sorry this is hurting. I'm so sorry that this is hard. But wow, wasn't it so kind of God to show up in this way? That's how we can trust and know. That's when we can really begin to experience when God says, I will not leave you or forsake you. It's not when you get everything you want, I then know that God is never going to leave me or forsake me. But it's in the pain and the suffering and my lack, and I still see God showing up with me in my lack and in my wanting and in my longing. That's when I've been able to actually believe he is who he says he is. He's not going to leave me or forsake me. He actually can and will satisfy and sustain me.
with eternal kingdom things in ways that I never saw. And he is also so good that I can trust him with the things that I still want. But they will not define or replace what is true about God's character. I will trust him to hold space for both of those. And the more people that you allow to speak into that, to encourage you and to walk with you, to play the roles of Moses and Aaron, and maybe even you will get to play the role of Moses and Aaron to somebody else. That's how we become a people then that in Psalms, when they had Psalms at Ascension and they had songs that they would sing with every step and they did it in unison. Songs created in communities of people who have walked through really hard things together all of a sudden begin to come up and pop out out of a community because they have carried it together. They have carried the longing and the hungering and the craving and redirecting toward Jesus together. And all of a sudden, we begin to see the songs of celebration pop up in one accord and in unison. And communities are changed, and I don't just mean River City. So this morning, we've spent, well, not this morning, up until this morning, we, if you've been at River City, you've heard a lot about ETS and groups and the opportunity for that. And now we are going to talk about other ways that you can choose community and connection. It can be in addition to ETS. It can be, uh, I'm not ready or don't want ETS, totally fine. These are other avenues. And I would ask you, to listen and to be receptive and maybe to hear an invitation from Jesus to say, this might be a space for you to come and get to know people who will love you and encourage you and affirm you. In the hardest of seasons where you just can't see God with you in the wilderness, who can remind you that Jesus is the one that will sustain you and be your eternal bread. So, if Aaron and Jordan and Jen will come up. Yeah, clap for them for sure. You can go first. Perfect. If you will tell everybody your name in case they don't know. I'm Jen Pinto. I am Bill's wife. She is also a saint herself. Just saying. <laughs> That's a little much. Um, I will be, so I pitched this group to Kara as a silent hike group. It's really more of a silent walk in the woods. Um, if you've read Bill Bryson's book, A Walk in the Woods, it's not going to be like that. No bears, no snow, you know, no blisters. But we're going to uh, meet twice a month on Sunday mornings at 7 a.m., we are going to practice silence, but not the solitude. I mean, maybe. I mean, you're walking with people, but you're not talking to them. Um, but we're going to do a silent walk, and then we'll do a little bit of sharing afterwards. We will be done in time for everybody to either go home and get ready for church or go out to eat and come to church, so you won't miss church because of it. Um, but uh, we'll figure out what weeks we'll meet once people sign up. 
So let me know if you have questions, though. Um, did I leave anything out? Okay. I'm Erin McCann, and my husband Jay and our two boys that you've seen running around uh, moved to Smyrna about just over a year ago, and we've been RCC since, and I have the honor of representing women's ministry today. I'm, not, I'm nervous about it. It's going to be great. Um, so <laughs> I, in a household, a household of men, I really, really appreciate all of my women out there. Um, and so, in seriousness, though, I wrestled with the idea and the intent of women's ministry for at least 10 years of my life, and here we are. Um, but it wasn't until I experienced the fullness of a church community that was committed to the spiritual health of women that I realized how passionate I am about that. And so we're super excited to create space for rest, um, for us to be transformed in the image of Christ for us to pursue unity amongst each other as women, and for us to reflect the uniqueness of who God has created you to be and how important that is to our community. Um, so if that is something you're excited about, we're gonna be meeting monthly, and the first is at the end of August, August 29th. I, yeah, okay, got it. Yeah. Um, and also, if I, what I'm saying to you right now rings true and you would like to be a part of this, please come talk to me. I have some skills, not a lot of them, and I need, I'm relying on the provision of God to have you all step up and walk with us in this journey. So um, really amped to be a part of this. Okay, I got permission. Um, I have, a, I have a thing I'd like to share with you guys about as far as group season, but first I actually just wanted really briefly to say that I've been encouraged and really thankful to be here. Thank you, Kara, for everything that you had to share this morning. It really spoke to me a lot. Um, I didn't know you could waffle. I didn't know that was like a thing you could do. Um, and, but I relate to waffling, and I like it. And I like it enough to say that I was actually leaning into I was I was feeling like this weekend like I just want to take some space this morning and not be here this morning um kind of step into like that loneliness that you mentioned in your message um and I just want to say I'm really grateful to this community and I'm sort of saying this because if you're new here um you are in a special place and uh even this morning I just wanted to give a grateful thanks to Micah for his encouragement uh and Luke Wills for coming over and standing next to me and almost kicking over my coffee cup and making me feel loved this morning. Um, that was uncalled for, but it meant a lot to me. <laughs> and it was great. And, um, and I just wanted to say, I feel, like, I feel like I am presently experiencing the community that's being referenced in your message. And I'm very grateful for that. And I would say that it's still uphill for me, but I can say with confidence that I have hope and that my heart is open and um, I can feel that encouragement. So I just want to say thank you all. That's not related to what I'm up here for. Um, so I've been doing this thing called Open Doors uh, weekly, and I just want to preface this. I have written out what I'm going to read real quick, but um, it's a developing idea. I'm a verbal processor, and this uh, having the responsibility of, um, of taking action for this group, it's a developing thing. So as I read this, just know this is like our starting point. But... Um, yeah, so here's what we got. This will be Tuesday evening, um, and we're going to begin at 7 p.m., um, and it's called Open Doors, so I'm going to read this to you. The goal of Open Doors 
is to offer a consistent space for us to embrace our creativity, pursue ideas that may have fallen by the wayside, and seek God's direction in our lives with regards to things that he may have put on our heart that haven't yet come into reality. Um, I just notice in my life that there's a lot of ways as we grow into adulthood that we've had these little ideas that are not super pressing, but they're not going away either. You know, they're kind of like, hmm, that'd be kind of cool. I'm addressing that. Um, it is meant to make space for the things in your life that you aren't always sure how to make space for. Be it journaling, creating a spreadsheet of your last five years of income because you just want to, painting, choreographing, collaborating, uh, reading scripture, reading the next series of Unfortunate Events book that you have been meaning to read for three years. I don't know who that's talking about. Or just seeking God for direction in your life with regard to passions and dreams you might have had for a while or you might feel um, are starting to stir in you. This is meant to be a space where we can take those things seriously and give you time to grow and mature in them. So um, it's going to be offered weekly and there's no requirement for attendance. Um, and it'll be two-part. Uh, first, we're going to begin with some time of worship. That's just to posture ourselves and give ourselves some um, point of attention in all of this, obviously. Um, meant to be a place for us to undress from the often necessary armor of the day and become vulnerable. Um, the second part, after worship, we're just going to get some Spotify going probably or some music will continue. And this is meant to be sort of like a workshop or collaborating space. Um, and that will continue for the remainder of the time. Um, and I had a small thought with this that I might reach out to a few of you in the community, but I just wanted to open it up. Um, if you have a craft or a passion or something that you'd be interested in sharing with people, this would also be a space for that. I would love to, uh, not because we have to, but if you guys would like to share something that God has shown you in your passion or in your workflow, um, offering that to the community would be really cool. Um, yeah, so also, I personally, I love the opportunity to come alongside others in their interests and their passions. Um, I love worshiping with each other. Uh, so my, it's my hope that as a community, we could use this space um, that doesn't have requirement for your attendance, but that we could use this space knowing that it's always available. It will be available regularly every week. Um, knowing that there's a place you can come where people are eager to join with you in seeking out creative direction, a better sense of priority for all the ideas you might have floating around in your head and just return our attention to God throughout the week. That's all. Thank you. So as we're, we've talked about hunger and we talked about God satisfying our hunger, um, I guess how I view groups or how I view community is an intentional choice to create space for God to satisfy our cravings in a community of people. It's a way to be proactive and to take the step, even if it feels risky, which it probably does. It has in seasons to me. It's an opportunity. It's an invitation. Um, if that's a thing that you're longing for. So um, all of those will be on our website for groups um, under the groups tab if you want to contact them or sign up or want more information. All of them are very uh, easy to talk to, <laughs> not intimidating at all. Um, the last group that 
we will be having in this season outside of ETS is Welcome to the Table. Welcome to the Table is specifically for people who um, are new to our community or have been at our community but came like in COVID times, so haven't really gotten to know <laughs> what the church is about. Um, it's a five-week small group where we get together, we talk about the history of the church, kind of who the people are, staff comes and shares kind of about their roles and what they do, what their heart is, um, and it's just a, it's a way to kind of get a little bit more history of the church and to find out what our heart is and where we're desiring to go um, in our relationships and connections with um, Smyrna and the other churches and stuff like that. So if that's something you'd be interested in, that will be in September, starting in September for five weeks. And you'll hear more about that um, as we get a little bit closer. Um, but if you have any questions, feel free to ask me now. I'd be happy to do that. Um, Becca, if you'll come up. Here you are. Um, as I was, I was like listening to them, you know, you're like listening and thinking at the same time. That's what I was doing. I was listening to what they were saying, fully present. You guys did great. Um, <laughs> and I was also thinking um, and kind of just asking God, about this moment, about like, so what's the thing? What's the thing about you, and what are you wanting to say to this community of people before we go our own ways? And um, I'm constantly reminded and surprised at God's goodness towards me. It's kind of sad in some ways. I'm not good at expecting God's goodness towards me yet. It's just something I'd like to grow in. Um, but if you are someone who is just in a place of hungering or longing with things that feel unanswered, and maybe they're not even wrong, maybe they're not even things of culture or of the world, but they're just things in you that are sitting there and hungering. And maybe you don't even realize it, but you've started to attach a little bit more meaning to those things than that's supposed to be there. Maybe you've started to create a if-then statement to those longings. I want to remind you and maybe create just a little bit of space this morning to remind you that God is with you. He desires for people to walk alongside you. And that he is fully capable and desiring to satisfy you with himself. And that is a hard place to be and I feel God's tenderness towards us as his children because he knows that it's very easy to get weary in the hungering and the craving. And he's not wanting to just correct that. He's not wanting to rebuke that or shame you in that, but he is wanting to create a really safe place for you to crawl into his lap 
with those things. And he just wants to remind you of who you are and who he is. And that he is worth the believing. That he is the bread of life and that you will not hunger or thirst anymore. And that there is no loss or pain or longing that is too big or too great that he cannot respond with himself in fullness and you will be left unsatisfied. It doesn't make sense. And that is the goodness of the gospel is that somehow he makes it make sense when it doesn't make sense. And when it doesn't make sense and it's hard and it hurts, he is so good and tender at holding all of that at the same time and still reminding you, I am who I say I am. I am sovereign and good and I see time so differently than you do. And life is but a vapor in the wind. I promise you that I am for you. I promise you that I'm so good that I can satisfy the longings in your heart and the cravings in your belly that have not yet been satisfied. And I don't want you to do it alone. You are not meant to walk in the wilderness alone. You are not meant to carry the weary and burden alone. So would you let me come in and would you let me surround you with people that love me and are for you? Would you be willing to do that this morning? And so for the next like two minutes, Becca will play and I just, I feel like God just wants to love on some people this morning in a surprisingly tender way. And then we will sing the doxology together as a proclamation and a declaration of this is who God is, even if I don't feel it right now.
conversation that we enter into every job and meeting that we have into our homes and into our rooms would you go before us and may we be reminded throughout the week that we can trust you that you are for us I pray that there would be conversations and community that spring up in the most unexpected places. 
that you would place Moses and Aaron's all throughout the community, whether you create opportunities for us to be voices in the wilderness for other people, spurring them on to say, look at who God is. He responds to our hungers. lift your name and we proclaim again and again and again that you reign above it all. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.